1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Control of Congress. Which party takes the upper hand in Congress? Special coverage on Inside Sources. March to the midterms. Well, Every Wednesday at this time, we look at the March to the midterms, what's coming up. And, of course, a lot of eyes have been on Georgia, Pennsylvania, Ohio. That's kind of been the dominating places that people have been looking at, especially as it relates to control of the United States Senate. But should they shift their gaze westward? Is it a time to go west? Will the Senate majority really be decided out here in Nevada? Uh, someone who's taken a deep dive, look at that. Price Sinclair's a reporter for our friends over at the dispatch. A great piece on the dispatch today. Uh, Price, thanks for joining us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: So as you dug into this in terms of the Senate majority uh, running through Nevada, we actually think that may well be the case in the end. But tell us uh, what you've been digging into. What do you know?
0: Yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it sort of as you were just saying, um, depending on who you ask, People sort of, you know, political analysts will say there are about eight or ten Senate races that are considered competitive. Um, but as of a couple of weeks ago, Nevada and Georgia keep coming up as the two that people say are sort of true toss ups where it's unclear whether Democrats or Republicans are favored. Um, and I think we've seen people's attention start to shift a little bit more towards uh, Nevada, given uh, Herschel Walker has had some scandals in Georgia allegations that he paid for a former girlfriend's abortion um and so he's struggled in the polls against uh the incumbent democrat rafael warnock uh whereas uh catherine cortez masto in nevada um probably the weakest democrat income i say weak as in just numerically and yes i <laughs> trying to say anything <laughs> normative one way or yeah. the other but but <laughs> but she she's a democratic incumbent and the last few polls i've seen uh showed her with a uh, you know, down in the polls a little bit compared to her challenger, Adam Waxall, uh, the Republican. Um, so, you know, if other races fall the way people expect, they might uh, leaning towards Republicans or Democrats. And if Georgia sort of falls more out of Republicans grasp, uh, Nevada really could be the determining factor, whether it's 50 50 staying with the Democrats or going to the Republicans.
1: Yeah. And it has uh, long been held that uh, that Cortez Masto was the uh, probably in the most precarious position of all the Democrats who are up for re-election this time around. The polls have been up to, down to, kind of in that space. Uh, One of the things that we know about Nevada is that polling has been notoriously, I mean, not just the last couple cycles, it's always been hard to do uh, in Nevada. As you've been hunting around this, uh, any indicators, any signs that you're watching in terms of what might be the real indicators of how that one shakes out come November 8th?
0: Well, I, I'm not a professional uh, pollster. I will say there, there are some things that make uh, Nevada unique as a state um, that, that could be really important coming down the stretch. One thing that's unusual is that the, the population in, of Nevada is pr- pretty transient. Um, so one analysis I saw that I think the New York Times first reported um, showed that half of voters in Nevada are new to the electorate. Since Catherine Cortez Masto was first elected in, in 2016, um, and I heard, I talked to a, a Republican county chair and a Democratic county chair, and they both sort of, uh, you know, tried to argue that, you know, this new crop of voters, people that have moved in since 2016, would be would be favorable favorable for them. You know, Democrats might think, hey, these are folks that are moving from the West Coast who might be more liberal, um, and Republicans would say, yeah, but they're, they <laughs> maybe they've moved from liberal places, but maybe because they didn't like that it was liberal and they, uh, you know, are, are upset with the economy, things like that. Yeah. Um, so that's an important piece. Uh, there's also 20 percent of the electorate are Latino voters, and that's a, a demographic that uh, nationally has been trending away from Democrats a little bit. And in Nevada in particular, um support for the Democratic presidential candidate among Latinos in Nevada dropped nine points between 2016 and 2020. And Catherine Cortez Masta, who was the first Latina uh, woman elected to the Senate, um, certainly hopes that trend does not continue.
1: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
0: Two teenage kids doing what teenage
1: kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. Yeah, I was going to ask you to dig into that for us just a little bit, that critical voting block of the Latino voters and again they have been drifting away a little bit uh from Democrats nationwide. It uh, seems to be a little more uh, acute in the state of Nevada. Uh, is there anything else that drive is driving that? Is it the focus on the economy and inflation? Uh how do the social issues uh, come into play? How is that battle shaping up?
0: Yeah, I think the economy certainly plays a role. Um The Democratic, the chair of the Clark County Democratic Party, which I should have mentioned, Clark County is roughly three quarters of the population of the whole state um, centered around Las Vegas. Uh, Their Democratic uh, County Party chair uh, was saying that when he's been going around and, and, you know, other volunteers
1: I think we just might have lost price. gas
0: prices, which which are higher in Nevada still than than in a lot of places in the country. Um, that's certainly weighing on Latino voters' minds, um, and so you know Republicans want to seize on that as to say, "Hey, the economy is not working well for you," and that is uh, Cortez, Ma- you know Biden's fault, and by extension, Cortez Masto, who supported a lot of what Biden has, has done legislatively. Um, Whereas Democrats would, their their argument they want to make is, hey, bipartisan infrastructure bill, inflation reduction reduction act. Democrats are sort of out for your, looking out for your material interest in a way that Republicans are not. Um, that's that's sort of their pitch they're trying yeah. to make, and we'll we'll see if that works.
1: Yeah, uh, great reporting, great insight. Uh, Price Saint Clair is the uh, reporter for the Dispatch. The Dispatch of course is where we often look for good, unfiltered not angry, not frustrated, just straight reporting that uh, actually gives you some great insight and some higher level conversations. Uh, Price St. Clair, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Boyd. All right, we'll step aside for a quick commercial break. We always talk about when it comes to voting and elections, we need to focus on the things that impact our daily lives. Sixty-three judges are on Utah's ballots this year. Jennifer Yim uh, from the Utah Judicial Performance Evaluation Commission joins us next to talk about how it impacts you, why it matters. You got to get all the way to the end of your ballot. Stick around.
0: Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than eighty thousand Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding.